welcome to Bunta Vista. I'm your host, Rush Limbaugh, and we're here in hell. I'm here because I died shitting and farting all over myself. And then I also ate the shit, and I told everyone how much I was enjoying eating the shit, and how badly I wished that I had more shit to eat so that I could shit myself again, and then eat <laughs> the shit and farts that came from my body after that. I will not be missed. I'm joined here in hell by all my friends who also died shitting and farting all over themselves, like George Bush Sr., John McCain, the entire past and future lineup of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Bunta Vista host Andrew Law. <laughs> Andrew, how are you enjoying your time in hell so far? Pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for you to finish up with the one spoon that we all have to share. I don't want to get my hands dirty eating yeah, my big bowl of shit. What are we going to do? Get another spoon up here? What do you think this is? Kmart? No. I mean, we, you know, everybody's got to share the one spoon. I got to I got to lick all your shit off it when you're done. Then I got to eat my big bowl of shit, pass it down without cleaning it off because apparently that's how we do things. Life's Who am tough. I passing it down to? Who knows? Who knows? We've all got to share it. Uh, Theo. That's who I'm passing it to. <laughs> well, over to my left, near the diarrhea fountain, just in front of the subway, is a horrible little gremlin. Now, he may be a talented sandwich artist, but he's also the guy in hell in charge of playing the ukulele, and his repertoire extends only to Mumford and Sons songs. Ben, how did you end up in this job? <laughs> <laughs> well, they just... um. They saw I had a, a knack for twee, annoying ukulele covers that add absolutely nothing to the song whatsoever and that no one enjoys, uh, but it's easier than playing guitar. Um, and then mm. they said, hey, here you go. Now, I do notice you've got a little Casio keyboard there with you. Is there any possibility you could kind of do like an ironic piano cover of some uh, Wu-Tang Clan or something? <laughs> A friend of mine uh, <laughs> used to do shows around <laughs> Brisbane of doing ironic Casio covers of songs. They're very uh -huh. good, actually. Uh, did did he open my friend, for the Liam. basics? Uh, he might well have. Okay, well, I have seen Liam do it. Uh, <laughs> was he <laughs> specifically what I was thinking of. Was he a large, muscular man wearing probably a shirt with no sleeves? No, it was a, a very kind of milk toast looking white guy. Oh, no, this is... Uh, uh, you'd remember Liam. He's absolutely jacked. Uh, oh, I know, a different I know Liam. This is a different Liam. This has I'm been sure Liam good... chat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let's uh, single out all the Brisbane Liams that we know. <laughs> oh, finishing That's That's up the only one I know. our tour of hell. We're just going to head down past the chemist warehouse down here. Also the place <laughs> where they manufacture the smell of every Lush store. And here, here we find... A gorgeous little cherub, a small winged man with the face of an angelic baby. He's here on secondment from heaven, fixing our IT problems, which are mostly the fact that our Twitter accounts only seem to be able to follow that Jeff guy who replies to every Donald Trump tweet, calling him like a cromulent fuckwomble. Theo, how are you enjoying your change of scenery here? Oh, it's uh, it's very, it's kind of it's hot down there. Like, it's not really... It's pretty warm down here, you know. It's the humidity yeah. that gets you. Yeah, I mean, I'm already mostly nude uh, with my adorable little cherub tits kind mm -hmm. of just sort of uh, out there and, and everything and my, my little diaper and, and what have you. Um, but we don't really, like, you'd think you'd catch a chill up there, but it's fine. It's like you don't really have to think about temperature. But, like, down here it's it's not good. And the smell as well. I think the temperature is sort of making the smell a lot, a lot worse, I have to say. I, I have to say they kind of found some real synergies going on uh, with the temperature and the diarrhea fountain down here. Um, so I'm not – look, I'm – I don't want to be kind of, you know, a bit like, you know, this is how the other half lives or, or what have you. But I, if it's just you and me, I'm kind of looking I'm looking forward to getting back up there, man. All right. I mean, take it up with HR. It's Hitler yep, over there. Go have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> they got the, that PS5 up there. It's pretty good. You guys only got PS4s down here. Terrible stuff. <laughs> and that not explains even, not the even noise. The pro. Not even the pro. <laughs> not even the pro. It's the one with like no storage. The one where you have to like delete a game if you have more than two games on it. <laughs> and what's that coming over the the PA? What's that? Is that music? Is it? Hey Geronimo. Hey Geronimo. <laughs> hey. Is this the Hey Geronimo Hour? <laughs> sure is. It's the Hey Geronimo Hour that features every hour down here in hell. <laughs> so, hey Geronimo Eon, actually. <laughs> it goes on for a very long time. 
<laughs> my my favorite part is the way that Ben keeps loudly playing his Jack Johnson covers over the top of Hey Geronimo. Mm. Uh, it's like he can't hear it, but I can hear both of them constantly. It's And you can't really focus on one more than the other, but even if you could, neither is better. We have fun down here, don't we? We do. <laughs> and, um, you know, two sources of music is a lot. And it's a shame that I have to introduce a third, because Theo has brought us news from up above. Of another uh, beautiful blonde cherub-faced <laughs> angel <laughs> sent down from heaven. Of course, talking about God's gift, Shane Warne. Shane. 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 Shane's not in hell. He's still alive. Doing his thing. Liking chicks on Instagram. Go off Shane Warren. When he dies, he'll go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Time for another installation of uh, Where in the Wide World of Warney is Shane? Air quotes Warney and air quotes Warn. Uh, once upon a time, the prized bowler the Australian cricket team uh, until all of his disgraces before that his disgraces during that and the many disgraces afterwards uh, as far as I can gather he just kind of keeps doing some form of disgrace pretty much all the time yeah I think he spends his days alternating between um, ads for baldness treatment and disgrace liking the photos of uh, bonza chicks on Instagram mm-hmm. and it's perfectly legal Doing, uh, doing commentary for the cricket, in which he basically says, Ah, oh, everyone's bad except for the Australians who are also bad at cricket. <laughs> Not like me, Shane Warne. So, um, Shane was just doing a little posting. He's pretty active on Twitter. Like, for, for someone who is also, as far as I can tell, very active on Instagram. Uh, he's also relatively active on Twitter. And last week, he was doing a little bit of posting. And he he has quite tweeted the Twitter account, fact. <laughs> At fact. <laughs> At fact. Uh, I assume that this is where Shane gets most of his knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's not uh, a fact, he doesn't know it. <laughs> oh, I need to get a new fact in me. Where, where am I going to go? Straight to At Fact. Uh, and they posted the At Fact there are more stars in the sky than grains of sand on the earth. To which uh, Warney has responded, that can't be true, surely. <laughs> I feel like the, the tone of voice you've given him is very generous. <laughs> that sounds very measured. I imagine he's screaming at his phone as he's what? saying this. Yeah. It's fucking not on. Not true. That, that can't be that true. can't surely. be true. More stars in the sky than grains of sand on the earth. Ridiculous. Rack off, you know. I can hold a lot of sand in my hands when I'm at the beach, as I am frequently. Uh, he follows this up with the tweet, P.S. So who's counted the grains of sand? Please. What a mind. <laughs> what a... <laughs> Please. You know, when, you, know, you know when people are talking about, like, the possibility of alien life and they say, like, yeah, so... We're going around one star, and there's a whole bunch of planets, and then every star you see up there has the possibility to have a bunch of planets. And then also, this is just in, like, the one solar system, and the galaxy is a whole bunch bigger than that. I feel like Shane sort of missed any of those conversations I, ever. I would love to know what he thinks is in space. Like, describe... <laughs> describe so space. <laughs> zoom out, zoom out, and describe what you think as we get further out, like... Does he does he know the Milky Way? Does he know there's other galaxies? Does he like or are they just things that don't concern him? He's a practical man. He just needs uh, his hand in his ball. I only think Shane's counting wickets. And somebody'd tell about all the times that he porked Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing he's keeping count of. <laughs> So, uh, somebody tries to help Shane out by sending him an article for NPR. Very optimistic. (laughs) 
very optimistic on warning. Uh, just putting on his <laughs> pair of glasses. Oh, let me just read this article from NPR. Oh, NPR. Oh, absolutely, uh, yes. <laughs> I think the first problem there is that uh, NPR does significantly longer form pieces than the Twitter account at fact. It is true. <laughs> so they send this to him saying, uh, have you heard of estimation, Shane? Mm-hmm. And they send him uh, the article uh, which says, and let me give you some of the content here. Science writer David Blattner in his new book, Spectrums, says a group of researchers at the University of Hawaii being well-versed in all things beachy (laughs) 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 tried to calculate the number of grains of sand. Because they're at the University of Hawaii. I assume all classes right there on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Their classroom is the beach and waves are their lecturers. Mm, a state-sponsored Jeff Spicoli in every class. That is so true. Mm-hmm. They said, if you assume a grain of sand has an average size and you calculate how many grains are in a teaspoon and then multiply by all the beaches and deserts in the world, the Earth has roughly, and we're speaking very roughly here, 7.5 times 1,018 grains of sand. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that's yep. 7.5 times 10 to the... Power of 18. Thank you. I wiped the formatting as I pasted it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot of grains of sand. Yeah. (laughs) Shane's onto something. He is. There's about about 10,000 grains of sand. (laughs) 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 Or 7 quintillion 500 quadrillion grains. Okay. So how about stars? Well, to my amazement, it turns out that when you look up, even on a clear and starry night, you won't see very many stars. That's probably where Shane's coming unstuck. Blattner says the number is in a low, low several thousand range, which gives the sand grain folks a landslide victory. But we're not limiting ourselves to what an ordinary stargazer can see. But Shane is. Like a baby, uh, he lacks object permanence. So Mm -hmm. if he can't see it, or if uh, hands go in front of his face, no more stars. During the daytime, he believes there there is one star in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Shane, Shane is outside looking up, but he's in London. These are no stars, as far as I can tell. Uh, let's say our stargazer gets a Hubble telescope and a calculator. So now we can count distant galaxies, faint stars, red dwarfs, everything we've ever recorded in the sky, and boom! Now the population of stars jumps enormously to 70,000 million 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 stars in the observable universe. That is a 2003 estimate. So that we've got multiple stars for every grain of sand, which means, sorry grains, you are nowhere near as numerous as the stars. So that makes stars the champions of numerosity. No? Why are scientists like this? Just be normal. Fucking nerds. (laughs) Trying to make your science writing cool. Uh, no. That's when Blattner hits us with his sucker punch. Yes, he says the number of stars in the heavens is an unbelievably large number, but then, very matter-of-factly, he adds that you will find the same number of molecules in just ten drops of water, everybody's favourite unit of measurement. Let me repeat, if you took ten drops of water, not extra big drops, just regular drops, and counted the number of H2O molecules in those drops, you'd get a number equal to all the stars in the universe. I don't think that's a great gotcha, to be like, no, no. there are what lots of molecules. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are other big numbers out there. Yeah, imagine how many atoms are in the universe. Did you fucking think about that? How many molecules are there in a star? You know? Do you know how many electrons there are inside of uh, Carmen Electra? Hmm? Probably he- a lot. Heaps. There's, yep. Like, there's tons, tons of them. I'd say there was probably heaps, yep. Yeah. More than 10,000. <laughs> More than 100 <laughs> electrons. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, somebody's helpfully forwarded all this on to Warney. Uh, and what does Warney think of this particular article? <laughs> I'm re- This is a direct quote from the man himself. <clears throat> Rubbish. End quote. I'm reading this is really quote. quite aggressive. Like, he's pissed off. He's like, bullshit. He will Fuck not off. be told. Fuck You're off with your science. Challenging my understanding of the universe. Uh. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, what a smart guy. It's so cool that he has an estimated worth of $50 million. That That is cool. You know, the other day, uh, I think we were talking about warning, but I don't think we ever got to the show. And I was thinking... How did he ever get someone as hot as Elizabeth Hurley? I, I yeah, he's, a little, he's not a hot man, you know. He's, he's not an attractive man. He's not a nice man. Um, I don't think he's particularly funny. Um, 
he doesn't strike me as a curious man, um, someone with interests, someone who's good at conversation, someone he who can drink a beer normally. Great fast bowler. Um, and then I had a little reedy of uh, Elizabeth Hurley's uh, Wikipedia page. And I got to this quote. Um, so, in June 2016, Hurley expressed her support for the UK leaving the European Union and urged the public to vote in the 2016 European, European Union membership referendum, saying, quote, if it means we can go back to using decent light bulbs and choose high-powered hair dryers and vacuum cleaners if we yes. so wish, <laughs> I'm joining Brexit for sure. So, it turns out it's because she's a fucking moron. <laughs> It's like Donald wow. Trump. It's like Donald Trump with the shower pressure thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that she can go back to, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, not getting to use her hair dryer of choice was a big concern for former supermodel Elizabeth Hurley. Mm-hmm. I am um, just used to. I saw a survey from the other day of like. Uh, oh, actually, no, sorry. This survey, now that I'm looking at it, is from three years ago, but it's a uh, what leave voters want to happen in the UK after Brexit, and it's like a, a percentage of what leave voters say should be brought back. It's, uh, this it's, is understandable, from, it's understandable, Ben, that that would happen because Brexit has actually taken 16 years to happen. 1,600 years to take place. That's right. Yep. Uh, so 53% of respondents said they wanted the death penalty to come back. Oh, 50 damn. Two percent said they wanted dark blue passports to come back. Forty-eight percent said they wanted selling goods in pounds and ounces to come back. Forty-two percent said they wanted corporal punishment back in schools. That is four out of ten people. Thirty percent said they wanted traditional incandescent light bulbs to come back. Eleven percent smoking in pubs and restaurants. Uh, a 9% pre-decimal currency, but <laughs> 3 out of 10 people be like, oh, I'm sick of these flash new light bulbs. We need to go back to the old ones that burnt out really quickly and were really hot. Democracy was a mistake. This is fucking insane. <laughs> How is this like a common issue of people being like, oh, I'm sick of the new light bulbs? <laughs> exactly. I'm outraged that n- no one from the government will beat this shit out of my kids. Who else is going to do it? Me? Yeah. I'm very busy. I, I beat the shit out of them when they're at home, but I can't watch them all day. You know, I send them, <laughs> I send them out in the world. I send them to good, honest British public schools. And I expect the teachers there to be beating the shit out of them. What else are they learning? What are they getting paid you- for? That's right. Hit Even my kids. Work. Damn. Somebody, please think of hitting the children. <laughs> Man, oh. that's such a that's such a weird vibe. I wonder if that's the whole kind of um, I don't actually have kids in school, but I remember somebody hitting me, and now I think it's a good idea. And I turned out fine. Yeah, <laughs> I that's definitely the, turned out fine. That's why I think kids should be hit. <laughs> like people remembering things from their youth, which was the last time they were happy. Like. Being like, oh, we should definitely go back to pounds and ounces is not any practical concern you have. It's just that you remember getting an ounce of sweets mm. when you were a kid or whatever. Bring back like, lots of sweeties for one shilling. Yeah. I had, a, I had an ounce of sweeties for thruppence. An eel pie used to be a halfpenny, you know? <laughs> and what I happened? Pl- I played conkers, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> my my PE teacher hit me with a rope. Oh, on the Nintendo me- 64. Yeah, my me and my friends were all happy. <laughs> uh-huh. Bloody old Brits. That's Madness. so weird. That uh, Light bulbs. Sure, you fucking freaks. Oh, I hate it when everything's so good all the time due to standards. Why? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last Why time you guys changed a light bulb, you reckon? <sighs> we had to. So when we moved in here, we had to change them constantly because there are these horrible, like, um, uh, not. They're like mini. What are the the fluorescent ones? But they're they're like point lights. So you know when you get the, they're in a normal socket, but they're like the fluorescent tube ones that like just wrap around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would just like burn burn out constantly. We'd lose like one every month or so. 
That's oh. too much. That's it's far too, too much. It's too many. And you so got to go back to the buying, old ones. <laughs> no, we started buying the old uh, the LED buds, and uh, it's good. Light Too bulb bright. technology has advanced. It has very advanced. Far. We we went forwards. My problem is that uh, light bulbs don't help the fact that I am a fucking idiot, and I go in and I go, uh, "That's the equivalent of how many watts? What type? I like a warm room." And then I buy some type of light bulb and I put it in, and I'm like, "Ah, the room is now quite dim." I, I picked I picked one that is probably for some entirely incorrect purpose. Uh, but I'm, the problem is that they don't they don't die, so I'm just stuck with it. <laughs> I'm looking for the dimmest bulb I can get. Every time I get one, I'm like, "Oh no, that's too bright. That's ruining the vibe in here. It's too harsh, man." Yeah, well, you get those ones that are like, uh, "This one throws a clinical shade," you know. No, thank you. No, harsh. No harsh. <laughs> this this bulb is the harshest lighting possible. It's harshing my mellow extremely hard. Light bulbs. Total scam. Mm, don't need them. Who needs them? <laughs> wow. What them? a Estimation. segue. Estimation. Total scam. Uh, uh-huh. Leggings that can cure the coronavirus. Technically, <laughs> another scam in this edition of <laughs> no, Scam <they're> Watch. <laughs> well, you know we love a scam. Love a good scam. Uh, ben, you sent a link to us to the government website, Scamwatch. Mm-hmm. Scamwatch.gov.au. Scamwatch.gov.au. Yeah, sending them a cease and desist. Yep. And you, you sent it like with a question mark, like you were just finding out that it existed. Wait, have you been saying Scamwatch this whole time as the name of a segment, knowing full well it's also the name of a, a website that the government runs? Well, I mean, it, 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 obviously it started off as the Boat Watch segment. And then we've watched a bunch of other things, and yes. we're doing Scam Watch. But I yeah. was aware that that website existed. Well. They like to put things up that say, "Hey, that guy's not from your bank." <laughs> Don't. Yep. If he worked at your bank, he'd know some of this stuff. These aren't really your COVID nineteen test results because you didn't go for a COVID nineteen test. I'm trying to remember. I got a I got a call from a scammer recently, which is which is quite rare for me. Instead, now I get a lot of phone calls, which are just from like a phone number that I don't know, not a not like a blocked number, just a phone number that I don't know, and I answer, and it either plays a pre-recorded Chinese message. Uh, that's probably the most frequent thing that happens, or I answer it and say hello, and then it hangs up. Yeah, I get a ton of those pre-recorded message ones. So I get those a lot, <clears throat> but um, but I did get one recently that was somebody calling up, and I'm trying to remember the the company that they were saying they were from, but they were like, ah, oh, it was eBay. This guy was like, hi, I'm call- I'm calling from eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, okay, sure, and and he said, yeah, um, I there's an issue that I need to talk to you about, but I just need to confirm your information first for like privacy purposes, and I said what are you talking about? And he said, well, I can't tell you that until I've confirmed that you're the right person. And I said, why? Why, why would I tell you anything? What the fuck are you talking about? What? What? And the guy went, oh, okay, just give me a second to uh, check your file and I will let you know what the issue is that we're talking about. And then he hung up the phone. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. good, good for him. Good try. Yeah. Got to give it, get a go to give a go, you know. Got to get a go to give a go. Yeah. <laughs> have a have a go to get and or give a go. Mm. What was the original version of that? You got to have a have a go to get a go. Have a you've got to give a go. No, you got to have a go to get a go, right? Yeah. That was it, right? Yeah. You have to have gone to get to get a go to go with. Bunga Bob. The big, big Ben big to bong again for breakfast. Bong. Eat out to help out. Eat, eat out to help eat out, out while you're bonging out. a bob to Big Ben for Brexit. Fucking hell! The world is collapsing. Honestly. Anyway, scam watch. So this is a press release from the ACCC from December 2020. Uh, the ACCC, for the benefit of people who don't live in Australia, being the Australian. Con- com- consumer, consumer competition commission? Co- commission watchdog watchdog 
<laughs> Who quatch dogs the quatch dog? <laughs> Australian consumer competition quatch dog. Yeah, that's what it uh, means. They've taken Lorna Jane to court over antivirus activewear claims. For overseas listeners, Lorna Jane is, I guess, like a Lululemon adjacent yeah, activewear for white women company. I don't know what that is, but it's. I assume it's the white woman version of like whoever sells the sweatpants that you yeah. immediately just get, you know, coffee stains and what yeah, have you on. Yeah, it's where you pay oh, $100 I think I can explain this to you, Theo. Uh, Lululemon is sort of like a Lorna Jane type situation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's where you go to buy your $70 yoga pants before doing your yoga with Adrian videos. That is so uh, true. You buy a, a $55 tank top that says, don't talk to me until I've done Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I did a yoga with Adrian video the other day and it was good. Well, my my back hurt a whole bunch And I was like, hey This white lady got any any back related stuff And there was a a yoga for lower back pain uh, And I did it And then I was like, damn Maybe this Adrian's on to something But then we got to the end of the video And she's like, now say namaste And I just slam my laptop closed I'm on board until she's like feel present and set an intention for your day and then I mm. say fuck off and I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna give gratitude for I'm like, no I will not I refuse. <laughs> Notice my thoughts, no thank you. I'll just go for a walk. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, uh, be, be mindful. Be, be mindful <laughs> of these balls, lady. <laughs> yeah. Be be at one with who? <laughs> 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 so, All right, Lorna yep. Jane. In July 2020, Lorna Jane claimed that its quote antivirus activewear, which was sprayed with a substance called LJ Shield. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. Most most sweatpants are sprayed with a substance. <laughs> <laughs> Liquefied Cheeto dust. Um, they claimed that it eliminated and stopped the spread of COVID nineteen. And provided protection against viruses and pathogens, including COVID-19, when this was shockingly not the case. <laughs> I remember when they came out with these. And just to reiterate, this is in July 2020, which that was 49 really years ago. Really deep in there. <laughs> but yeah, like, like four months after it was a thing. And so they, their research and development... Super fast. They take it very seriously at Lorne and Jane. Um, they found the cure immediately... Um, they didn't give it to anybody else. They just sprayed it all over their pants. <laughs> no, they found knowledge that could have saved humanity from unbelievable suffering, and they gave it to none of the other scientists. No. They put it into yoga pants. Well, you can't actually separate the uh, sweatpant technology from the uh, LJ Shield technology. Mm. <laughs> well, that's, that's good, though, because uh, as I understand it, the vast majority of the spread of coronavirus is from the particles going into your pussy or butthole. Yeah, just, just having... <laughs> How else did they get in? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> you should be wearing a mask. It's like, well, all the relevant holes are covered. Don't you, know, you know, you're on the bus and all those strangers just sneezing directly in your holes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm safe. Hey, that's where I keep my eggs. <laughs> the claims oh. made over a wide range of media, including on Instagram, the website for dummies, on its website and in stores, included LJ Shield protecting you with antivirus activewear. Uh, another tagline was Cure for the spread of COVID-19 Lorna Jane thinks so Oh, that's creative <laughs> No, I like that Gotta hand it to him That's good uh, Like, that's a real, <laughs> real Lionel Hutz The real Lionel Hutz card Cure for spread of COVID-19 that's the, We the thought same we as cured the, uh, it And you can't prove we didn't It's the same deal as the chemist warehouse Is this the lowest prices in Australia? Tagline <laughs> Couldn't say. Could be. <laughs> oh, and the final one, uh, with Laura Jane Sh- Lorna Jane's shield on our garments, it meant that we were completely eliminating the possibility <laughs> of spreading any deadly viruses. You can't say that. You didn't give also, yourself you... any wiggle room with that one at all. Why would your leggings be giving you the coronavirus? 
Why would they be stopping the coronavirus? Well, hey, well, I, sorry, I think there's been a huge misapprehension there. Um, this is also on singlets. Oh, so all right. it's leggings and shirts. Yes. So yeah, all those. Through your I mean, that's where your lungs are. So yeah, now the science makes, makes sense. sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I don't think you can say that. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that. Well, that's certainly what the ACCC is alleging, and we will find out when this court case is resolved. Mm. Most of the claims were removed in mid-July, so <laughs> uh-huh. a week or two later, they, they got onto that pretty quick. But until at least November 2020, Lorna Jane continued to represent on garment tags that the garment permanently protected the wearers against pathogens. It's like a magic item from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's right. It's got a negative five coronavirus. <laughs> oh. Plus five to your coronavirus avoidance rolls. Quote, it is particularly concerning that allegedly misleading claims that Lorna Jane's LJ Shield activewear could eliminate the spread of COVID-19 were made at a time when there was a fear about a second wave emerging in Australia, especially in Victoria, and all Australians were concerned about being exposed to the virus. Well, hang on a second. Yeah. So this was before the second wave, and they put a stop to it. Oh. And then the second wave happened? And the second wave happened. That's Mm. interesting. That is very interesting. Government rollout of Laura Jane pants now. <laughs> Imagine all, all, all those people Dictator are like, Dan I, issuing yeah. us our Laura Jane yoga pants. Slippery Dan Andrews is making it mandatory for people to wear Laura Jane leggings when they leave the house in Victoria. FEMA workers just rolling up the back of their truck, throwing out bundles of uh, Laura Jane pants. Protesters freaking out. My ass can't breathe in this thing. <laughs> Tear, tearing them off in the store. <laughs> Sir, I need you like to put a your dog with a muzzle. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm going to need you to cover up your pussy right now. <laughs> oh, it is my boy. right to have my pussy <laughs> all the way popping. <laughs> The ACCC also alleges that Lorna Jane represented that there was a scientific or technological basis for these claims at the time they were made when no such testing had been carried out, shockingly. <laughs> like, I nothing. can't, I can't kind of stress enough could you do? for like overseas listeners that this is not like a minor brand. They are like one yeah. of Australia's biggest activewear outlets by far. Yeah. Like this is so high profile. This is not like some weird little fringe shop or whatever this is a massive chain that just went like oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it stops the spread of a deadly pandemic that's also claimed already claimed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people no we've not tested it yes the clothes cost 60 bucks a bob here you go <laughs> it's uh yeah it's absolutely the sort of place that is that just has a franchise in every large shopping center that you would go to yeah Quote, we allege that the statements made by Lorna Jane gave the impression that the COVID-19 claims were based on scientific or technological evidence when this was not the case, Ms. Court said. We are particularly concerned about this because consumers often trust well-known brands and assume that their marketing claims are backed up by solid evidence. Although, really, if you were walking past the Lorna Jane store and you saw a big (laughs) sign that said, these pants are a cure for the coronavirus, and you went, great. Let's get in there, get some for the whole family. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It is also alleged that Lorna Jane Director and Chief Creative Officer, Ms. Lorna Jane Clarkson, was knowingly concerned in the alleged conduct, including by personally making false or misleading claims about the LJ Shield antivirus activewear in a media release and a video posted on Lorna Jane's Instagram account. This goes all the way to the top. I think it started and ended <laughs> at the top. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. I didn't realise that uh, there was an actual Lorna Jane at Lorna Jane. Yeah. The oh, Lorna Jane? The Lorna you Jane. You just thought that, like, these clothes came from nowhere? Yeah, I guess that, that Without must a singular be kind of bet. auteur behind them? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sort of a Wizard of Oz scenario. Oh, no, that turned out to be one man. Yeah, no, that doesn't really... Sort of a Willy Wonka... So, oh. No, that's one um, guy, yeah. Um, sort of a... Uh... <sighs> like Jigsaw. No. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's one guy. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Sort well, of the Phantom... <laughs> 
No, it's a series of guys. Uh, Phantom of the Opera. No, that's one guy. No, it was one guy. Um, it's sort of like in uh, North by Northwest, where there's a name of a guy, uh, but George Kaplan isn't really a guy. It's made up. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Fight Club. There's no, two guys. No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's one guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one guy who thinks he's two guys. Sorry, I didn't understand Fight Club. I got to the end and I thought the twist was there's two guys. <laughs> and then one guy disappeared. Where'd he go? They really didn't get any closure on that Brad Pitt character and he was the most compelling. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in the 2001 movie Don't Say a Word Where Michael Douglas's uh, daughter has been kidnapped And there's a whole bunch of people organising a big conspiracy against him uh, Except that they fucked it up by adapting a book Where in the book it was just one guy You know? I don't know It's like um, I haven't seen it In uh, The Prestige where it turns out it's uh, two guys And then it's one guy a couple hundred times <laughs> 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 the ACCC is seeking declarations, penalties, injunctions, corrective notices, and an order to implement a compliance program. Jeez, they're busy. Get them. <laughs> Look, I'm going to check each pair of these pants personally. I'm going to be inspecting every camel toe. I'm going to be all over it. Welcome to Bunta Vista's Freemium Free Brewery. All month long, we're giving you, the disgusting public, access to our premium patron-only episodes. That's right, not one, but two episodes a week. And if you get hooked on your bi-weekly dose of a filthy drug called podcast, you can become a patron with access to our full catalogue of over 300 episodes at patreon.com slash Vista. You can quit anytime you want. Podcasts sound addictive and we can't be held responsible. Everyone's a winner during freemium freebrewery. Well, if only Miss Lorna Jane Clarkson had sought the advice of another strong, powerful woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She should have picked up the phone and dialed Dr. Lucy. If you find that you are having a little relationship trouble Just to pick up your telephone and dial it on the double Paging Dr. Lucy, now Mm. normally, normally we seek Lucy's advice on letters from listeners, uh, posts from the internet gutter Reddit, but we've been branching out a little bit and I'm assuming this is Ben's idea. Because nobody else would take responsibility for it before he got here. Wasn't me. Today we are looking to give advice to the denizens of the webbed site Stack Exchange. It's like the stock exchange. (laughs) But But for stacks. But for stacks. So this is uh, anyone who's ever done any sort of programming or web development or any of that kind of work on the internet would be well... Well familiar with uh, Stack Overflow because 90% of the code they've ever written uh, has been copied and pasted from it. True. Uh, uh, but they they have a bunch of sister websites. So anytime you look at a, like, say you want to find out how to find all of a certain kind of DOM element in uh, using JavaScript and you search for that and you get an answer for it and then it will give you a bunch of related questions... Except they're not really related. They're all absolutely fucking insane. Some of them will be about fantasy world building. Some of them will be about cooking. Some of them will be about etiquette. Uh, And some of them are about interpersonal skills. Interesting. Mm. So we have one from the interpersonal skills section here. Is it rude to use a driveway to turn around in the road? In Australia, when I want to turn around in a street, I sometimes use the driveway of private houses to turn in and then back out again and go in the reverse direction on the road. When I go in, I don't go past the first five metres of the driveway where the footpath is or on the part of the driveway between the mailbox and the road. My UK non-driver passenger considers this rude. For Australian residents, is this true? And also UK residents. 
Uh, they've helpfully done a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why have they made this? I know what a driveway <laughs> we is. Can, we can all picture the exact scenario in our yeah. heads. We do not need this picture. <laughs> how how many ways could this be playing out conceivably? <laughs> Unless I, I, their diagram included them like driving into the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no extra information All the way to be into the garage. Yeah. I've been crashing into people's living rooms as part of very weird U-turns I've been doing. <laughs> is this fine? Uh, Lucy, what is your take on this? I'm completely baffled by this question. Like, do people <laughs> consider this rude in other countries? I would say that when you are the person <laughs> t- turning around, it's it's completely reasonable. If you witness someone doing this, it's completely reasonable. However... If I'm standing in my in the kitchen <laughs> and I'm looking out by like screen windows and someone pulls into my driveway and my ar- my eyes just like narrow That's and then you see the, would- the reverse light go on and you, you go, motherfucker, you get out of that driveway. <laughs> I was going to say more or less exactly that, that like it's perfectly acceptable. I do it all the time and you should do it because you need to be able to turn around. But also... If it happens at the property where you currently are, it is your God-given right to stare at the fuck out of them. Mm. You stare should. Down. What's all this then? What are you doing? Why are is you pulling in here? Oh, you're just turning around? Good. Go on, get. Get out <laughs> of here. <laughs> I've, never, on, I've never identified uh, more with a dog. Than when this happens, <laughs> like somebody starts 100%. pulling into the driveway, and there's there's a very distinct commotion in your brain that if it if it was out loud, it would probably sound a lot like uh, until they are gone, and then you go and you just go back about your business, you know, mm-hmm. you go back to lying down on the couch or whatever you're doing. Uh, so that one's pretty clear cut, I think. Um, it's absolutely fine. It's totally normal. But also, if I'm there when it's happening and it's in my driveway, don't. Don't. How about this one? Again, from the ominous interpersonal skills section. Is another person's private object within your own personal boundary? What? Pardon? Excuse me? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Are these written by a computer? Okay. They've got a good eight paragraphs to explain what the fuck ah, they mean here. Thank God. Thank God. Okay, here we go. My girlfriend and I have been together for six months. Break up. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Early one morning after a conversation we'd had the previous night, she calls me to ask if I own a very private object. Mm-hmm. Go on. Already. Is it a, it's a flashlight. Intro. Okay, it's a flashlight, right? That sounds right. <laughs> sounds like it's a flashlight. Go on. <laughs> she, she has found my cellmate chastity cage. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to lie, I answered affirmatively. It is securely tucked away and there's no way anyone could accidentally find it, let alone see it. I myself have not looked at it since before the relationship began. Lie. But knowing I have it gives me a sense of comfort. Weird. (laughs) Weird. Mm -hmm. When I find myself in times of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am being deliberately vague about, quote, the object, end quote. So as to deal with a specific technical question rather than any opinions over the object itself. I kind of feel like he's trying to game the system a bit here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it helps, think of it like it's a nude painting of a dead relative by a famous painter or something like that. What? You know that common object we all have around the house? It's a nude painting of a dead relative by a famous painter. So just imagine that uh, <laughs> or it's a picture of something like that. <laughs> it's a Rembrandt of my uncle's butthole. <laughs> Maybe it's not a flashlight. I'm, that's a really strange thing to say. Just like, say it's a nude painting of my uncle. <laughs> you know, like, like. <laughs> I, lo- I love the idea of like, I can see that you're very tantalized by what the object is, but just imagine that it's an incredibly tantalizing object. <laughs> it could be a knife block given to me by an ex as another example. <laughs> what the what? fuck? <laughs> what? It's such esoteric examples. Is it you a knife block that your ex gave you? 
You can have opinions about it, but this specific question is a technical question about boundaries and not about the object itself. I, I already think, hate you and you're wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you this right now. I almost guarantee his girlfriend disagrees mm-hmm. about his definitions here. She explains that she feels, quote, betrayed by me having this object, that it is a violation of her personal boundaries... And that she demands I destroy it immediately. <laughs> I'm sick of looking at your uncle's pocket butthole. <laughs> Don't care how talented Rembrandt is. <laughs> My goodness. She asks why I have it. And again, not wanting to lie, I explain that it gives me comfort. <laughs> this is definitely the butthole painting for sure. <laughs> so fucked up. I haven't looked at it, but I've committed it to memory. And every time I think about it... <laughs> Uh. (laughs) She uses that explanation to suggest I'm emotionally attached to the object, which you've just said you are, Mm -hmm. and attempts to place herself and the object on the same exclusionary scale. The object is more important to me than her, and I can be with her, or I can have the object, but not both. I know myself that I would never place her and the object on a scale, but she has continued to insist that it's part of her personal boundary that I not have it. So, before I go on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so let let's let's spitball here for a second. I am assuming that it is a something that be- belonged to or was given to him by or signifies strongly some element of an ex. Yes, you know how you can get those um, the like sex toys picture? that are molded oh. off the genitalia uh, huh? of sure. of a loved one. It's a flashlight of his ex's vagine. He got one of those. Um, this guy's not that exciting. I don't. One think. of those bars of soap modelled after Grimes's vagina. <laughs> Do you guys uh, remember that? I just had a great business idea. You know how? No, you how am I going to search for this? <laughs> you know I how when don't. a lo- <laughs> you know how when a loved one dies and like you can have them cremated and either like. Have a have a tree potted mm. in the soil, or you can like have the uh, have the ashes compressed into like a fucking mm. diamond. So it's or that, whatever. but it's a butt plug. Yeah. No, it's 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 that it's <laughs> that, but it's <laughs> it's that, but you mix the ashes through like the silicon that you have poured into the fleshlight mold, and also mm. the fleshlight is molded from the loved one's pussy. Yep. Million dollar idea. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, pretty small market. You. So this is a real logic guy. <laughs> it is. A, yeah. It is a hardcore logic. I'm guy. really. I'm just angry reading all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's girlfriends he's, love it when you turn your personal relationship uh, difficulties into debate club. Mm. Oh, ah, yeah. but nevertheless, hmm. uh, putting aside uh, your <laughs> straw man argument that it's a picture of my uncle's butthole. Yep. <laughs> Chomsky said of the pocket pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, like. I, I'm assuming that it's something sexual because I, I'd like. What's the middle ground between the two examples that he has provided? I a think nude it is painting a of a dead relative of his ex-girlfriend. A nice gun lock. that when you fire it, a little flag comes out and unravels, and it's got goatsy on it. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, he's right to be mad, <laughs> and it's signed. <laughs> Haven't haven't looked at it since our relationship started. I haven't I haven't needed to pop that bad boy off since but we having, got together. I don't need that having since it I there met gives you. me a comfort. <laughs> I'm like I'm tr- I'm just trying to imagine an object. Granted, like my I think you know one of my issues is that I'm just not I'm not very sentimental about anything. I like about objects, possessions, and stuff like that. I just, I'm trying to imagine an object. That my wife could say, this is a huge problem for me if you don't get this fucking thing out of the house. And I wouldn't be like, I got to take this to stack exchange. I'm not willing to to just, (laughs) I'm not willing to just do away with this. What could it be? Well, given the the rest of the conversation that he says on here, I just. Okay. Let me keep. This guy's definitely in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Conversely. I liken her asking me about it as being an invasion on my personal privacy. Oh, yeah, he cares about boundaries all of a sudden. Oh. Hang on, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't want to interrupt you here, but um, I do have a few more little 
I've got some breadcrumbs here about the object. Okay. Okay. Well, do you, do you want to do you want to hold on to them until we we get to the end of the the post and then we can continue the speculation? Or? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I feel invaded that she asked about it and upset that she is prioritizing her feelings and ignoring mine. After some weeks of this argument and the relationship degrading significantly, Mm -hmm. she eventually acknowledged that asking about it was an invasion of my privacy, but she still demands that me owning it violates her personal boundaries nonetheless. She says I'm not taking responsibility for her feelings. This guy sounds so German. This guy sounds the worst. Reading about emotional boundaries, I come across two categories about emotion about personal boundary violations. So he's he's doing fucking research for debate club about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is taking responsibility for another's feelings and sacrificing your own needs to please another. I have never heard of any personal boundary extending into another person's space, particularly such a private space. Uh, we are not living together. I understood boundaries to be mutually exclusive and, in most cases, active in some way. In other words, I'd have to do something, even if it's verbal, to cross a personal boundary or at the very least have it exposed like putting it on the mantelpiece or showing it to her in some way. It feels like an overreach. I think if you find, like, a six-foot-tall rubber fuck doll or something in your boyfriend's house and you're just like, I am extremely creeped out and this needs to go... I don't think he'd just get to be like, what were you doing looking in my cupboard? That's that's equally upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where I hold my secrets. He's really doing there. some work here. Don't look in my chest of mysteries. Uh, suggesting that they can be passive and inactive, that by merely owning something unrelated to them, I could be violating someone's personal space, makes me very uncomfortable. It would also seem to create huge conflict-filled overlaps in emotional responsibility. Oh, I hate this man. <laughs> well, he's he's working so fucking hard to, like... Just debate fi- club. Just Well, like, specifically, she clearly she has said at the beginning of all of this a month ago... Oh, this is like I f- I feel like you having this thing is is crossing boundaries and it's mm. a bad bad thing for me personal space wise or whatever, and he is like psychotically latched on to that specific use of words that mm. pe- specific turn of phrase sounds to say, healthy. Ah, well, Oxford Dictionary defines personal <laughs> space as when yeah. ov- obviously what she's saying is just like this makes me deeply uncomfortable to be in the same space as this thing. I want to say you know? it's a new new type of guy, but this is just it's just an old type it's of just guy. A guy. It's just a guy. <laughs> it's just a classic guy. She says that the action is me gaining the object before we got together. So, therefore, I was already violating her personal boundary when we got together without oh, her knowledge. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I have attempted to resolve this by suggesting I move the object out of my house, but that is not acceptable to her in the longer term. It may just be, it may just, it may be just that me not owning this object is a deal breaker, but I don't think that's quite what she means. There's something broader about boundaries she's trying to allude to, which from the arguments we've had, I'm not understanding fully. Are my own belongings really a part of someone else's boundaries in a relationship? Yes, of course they are, you fucking idiot. They fucking are. Oh, like you, you take your date home and there's like the the fucking. Uh, dildo bicycle from like burn after reading in the middle of your lounge room. (laughs) This is exactly what it was. I was just waiting for the chance. (laughs) Oh, why are you acting so weird about it? That's my property. Like your, your possessions, your possessions and the things that you choose to hold on to, they say something about you. Mm -hmm. Like, especially if, as seems to be the indication here, there is some significant element of like intimacy about this to him. Mm. Uh, he seems to be, through his own little hints, giving that it is either sexual in nature or something that was given to him by or belonged to an ex or a combination of those things. And then acting like, oh, well, that one's my property. You don't own it. So why are you being weird about it? Is just. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Give us the oh, so, you, so you found my Snowtown barrel. Well, look, what were you doing looking for the Snowtown barrel in the first place? Second of all, that barrel's been there for well, well, well before I knew you. So I'm not just simply getting rid of my Snowtown barrel. I haven't, I haven't cracked it open to breathe deeply of the fumes since we got together. Why are you not acting a, so weird? Not at all. All I have to do is think about it, give some comfort, 
Okay. Uh, ben. Uh-huh. All right. So please on the barrel. breadcrumb us. Please breadcrumb so, us. So someone in the comments to his question has been like, are you owning something illegal? I could easily have this reaction myself if my boyfriend admitted uh, he had something of this kind, uh, knowing that it would endanger me. Uh, but we can't really explain what could be violated if we don't police provide on what grounds or what type of argument she explains that makes her feel ill at ease. And then this person, uh, the original poster, has replied, no, there is nothing illegal or physically dangerous about this object. In fact, perfectly my, f- legal. my family has a history of owning them, which I grew up with as a child. So to me, it seems normal, hence what? the comfort. It's a gollywog, isn't it? It's <laughs> racist. It's got to be racist, right? Yeah. I'm thinking that now. Maybe it's not a sex thing. It's a racist racist. Rembrandt of his (laughs) uncle's butthole. It's taxidermied Irishman. (laughs) It's a it's a it's a it's a full sized gollywog real doll, and his (laughs) girlfriend is a person of color. So if I okay, so my grandfather had the the fuck chair from Burn After Reading. (laughs) Now if he if he replaced the legs, and my father replaced uh, the slats. And I put a shiny new floppy dildo on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this still my grandfather's fuck chair? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so say that you kept the slats and the old dildo and the old legs and you put <laughs> and them together. <laughs> the fuck chair of Theseus. Are there are there any other hints, Ben? No, sorry. When I said breadcrumbs, it was uh, breadcrumb. There's the one, the uh, one which was like my my family owned them growing up. Mm. It's so is fucking it slaves? weird. Is it, is it slaves? Do you have a slave? I'm sorry. I, there's one more thing here where. Uh, Someone has been like, I don't quite understand the properties of the object. The famous painter example, maybe that it is extremely valuable, but what does nudity have to do with it? For the knife example, that is from someone you had feelings to, uh, feelings for, but how do these fit together? And then he has replied, that's the point. It's not the qualities of the object I'm focusing on. It's the oh, idea that her personal boundaries would extend to my space that seems unfathomable. The nude painting example could trigger something in someone who's conservative, the knife block could be an emotional attachment to a previous relationship. I'm not so much concerned about this particular argument as much as how far it could be used in the relationship as a way of her exercising her feelings and beliefs over me Please in the context of responsibility. It's racist. Like, it's a gollywog. It sure is. Also, regardless, please dump this man. He's a Holy horrible, fuck. horrible human being. <laughs> well, imagine like any, anybody that you are with who is going to this extent of prolonging an argument for weeks and weeks and weeks. <sighs> weeks of argument about this thing. Yikes. Just, yeah, prolonging this argument for weeks and weeks and taking it to the internet researching different definitions of like personal space and boundaries and shit like that all so that he can find ways to redefine the issue according to his own terms rather Mm. than just actually accepting you saying this thing is upsetting to me that's the kind of man you need big yikes capital yikes from us over here at Punta Vista uh, dump this psycho before it's you who goes <laughs> into the Snowtown barrel. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, you think we've got time for one more little bit, Ben? Well, I reckon we can Two fit this, this next one in real quick. <laughs> well, you know, folks, uh... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we already had one kind of scam mm. that we looked into. There's another kind of scam. It's called being from the Netherlands. We don't appreciate it. We're keeping an eye on you, people. We're doing our absolute best to put a stop to the things happening in Dutch Watch. Sickos. Eating their chocolate and doing their weed. Riding their bicycles. Every time we mention in like a description of an episode on Twitter that uh, we're talking about the Netherlands, somebody else will pop up that's a regular listener that's like, oh, I'm Dutch. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. I'm so sorry. A new one every time. 
Mm. They love it. They love it. They love to finally have a big country talking about them. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember how we uh, got fucking curb stomped by Facebook today? That was pretty cool. Oh, we not like, us personally, the nation of Australia. The, the nation of Australia said, hey, it's time to take Facebook to task. And they said, what if uh, you just don't have Facebook anymore? Yeah. Shut up. Shut the what fuck up. What are you going to do? Take our news articles away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're just leaving the conspiracy stuff up. Have fun. <laughs> Very cool. Well, this is from the one, the only, the single website that Ben will look out for news from the <laughs> Netherlands. It is DutchNews.nl. The Dutch Waterboard Bank. <laughs> Come on. Come on, what? Come on. Uh -huh. No. What the fuck are you talking about? <sighs> oh. Am I looking at a different racist... <laughs> Dutch article in the in the list. Yeah, I am. You might be. Yeah, there. sorry, there are two in there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> one for later. One we for next week. One for a little treat for next week. The Dutch Waterboard Bank has been conned out of twelve million euro. That is eighteen point seven million Australian dollars by one or more people posing as a local authority representative, and has made a formal complaint to the public prosecution department about the swindle. Uh, I've been swindled. <laughs> oh, no, I am missing $12 million. <laughs> Oopsie whoopsie. Oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> the NWB says in a press release that, quote, false documents were used to obtain payments, but that the amount involved is, quote, not enough to damage the bank's material position. <laughs> totally now, if you want <laughs> $12 million euro. Don't worry about it. If you're wondering where NWP came from, NW, NWB, it is Netherlands Waterschapsbank. <laughs> Beautiful language. <laughs> Especially the way we do it. <laughs> According to local paper BN de Stem, mm -hmm. the perpetrator posed as a representative of Steenbergen Local Council in Nuremberg to apply for the loan, which was granted and paid out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are wearing a hat, sir. Have 12 million euro. Uh, what does it take? What does it take to We came swindle? from Steenburger. It's a reclaimed island. Oh, yes, that sounds very... It mm, that's very real. <laughs> the former island of... Yeah. Fucking... I'm just trying to think of, like, all my friends that have tried to get small business loans that have been like, oh, your husband only works part-time? No, I'm afraid we can't give you $5,000. These guys are just like, well, I didn't really read your documents, but here's 12 million euro. Do you have all the paperwork? Officials only realized they had been conned in mid-January when the first payment demand arrived at the council offices. <laughs> we are really shocked. Mayor Rude de Vandenbelt. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's your name. Rude Vandenbelt told the paper. And the weird thing is, we don't do any business with the bank. It is all very odd. Local councillors are now calling on officials to be completely open about what has happened. Was someone from the council involved? Did our digital security fail, or is it purely a matter for the bank? VVD councillor Keith Gomeran said. Come on now. <laughs> The NWB Bank itself said it is not making any further statements in the interest of the investigation, and also I assume they don't want to reveal uh, the very easy way to get 12 million euros from the bank. The gaping mm -hmm. security flaw they have, which is, <laughs> apply for a loan and you will get it. The one trick the waterboard bank doesn't want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, financial advisors hate him. <laughs> The bank was founded in 1954 to provide finance for local water boards. Oh, mm -hmm. I see where the confusion's coming. I see. <laughs> yep. yes. I see. It continues to serve the public sector. Well, this is a great scam. Like, you if you did you a just go in and say, can I have some money? <laughs> like, it's fucking wild. Like, a $12 million bank heist would be fucking insane. But just like filling in some forms and being like, I am a local council. Can I have 12 million euro? And they're just being like, of course. <laughs> and then you just disappear. It's the perfect yeah. crime. You go out the back to the loan officer and you would say, well, he wouldn't say he was if he wasn't. 
<laughs> Who the would end. pretend to be a local council? Who? Who among us? Oh, it's will pretend so good. to be a local councilman when they were not. Yeah, it's because no the one. Dutch don't have enough shame to lie about things. <laughs> and like so confronted with a liar, they're completely defenseless. Oh, it's sort of a like uh, the invention of lying type scenario. Uh, so haven't seen it. The movie <laughs> The Invention of Lying. Ricky Gervais. So, starring notorious atheist Ricky, oh, this is, uh, Ricky this is In Netherlands. Yep. It's more of a sully type scenario. Oh the the play. I don't think that it is. You guys have just been you've been saying names of movies and I just wanted to feel involved. <laughs> so the one movie you can think of <laughs> the was the one that's about a plane. Because there was a plane on the cover. It was kind of like Sully or uh, the terminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucy, are you going to go and see the new Top Gun movie when it comes out? I'm going to say I'm not a big Top Gun fan. I don't love Top Gun. What well, if it was you know, about a guy who was really good at commercial aviation? More of a bottom gun. Be, yeah, I would love a. I'd love just a medium gun. <laughs> a well, switch he, gun. Hear me out. Hear me out. You know how uh, Tom Cruise is a real psycho for stunts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the whole thing with the Top Gun stuff was. Uh, I I don't I assume he doesn't actually care about making a sequel to Top Gun, but he does really like flying in planes and finding fun new ways to film the flying of planes. Yes, it will probably uh, from, be very cool from the inside and all around and all that sort of thing. So they've got like a few trailers with the the making of kind of stuff, and it made me go, I think a fuck about Top Gun, but I'll probably watch that. Nice. Go, go see some weird IMAX shit, you know. Well, that is it for this episode uh, in a inaugural year of Freemium Free Brewery. Yeah. So uh, if, this, if this is a, a premium episode that you en- are enjoying for the grand price of nothing, you're welcome. That's it. We love you. We're kissing you all. Mainly on the cheeks. Theo's doing a few cheeky ones on the mouth. Get out of here. Oh, Theo, calm down. Thank God only. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. 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 I'm going to fly back to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Grabbing your ankle. Hey, big baby.